opportunity to share God's word with our family this morning. Um, I'm going to make a few comments on the anointing this morning, and then we're going to just anoint our altar this morning as um, as a an outward physical sign that God is anointing our lives as His altar. And so uh, we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to read some scripture and then I'm just going to share some things about the anointing, which is extremely precious to me. And uh, obviously over a lifetime of journeying with God and the power and the Holy Spirit, it's uh, something that you don't want to lose. And I've had seasons where it has lifted off my life. And I know the difference between a season of being anointed and being under that cloud. And then a season when that cloud is not on my life. And there are reasons for that. And I don't want to get into that this morning. But the anointing is an extremely precious precious thing and it's for everyone it's for everyone in the body of Christ everyone who calls Jesus Lord and so we want to talk about some aspects of that this morning it's a vast subject in the Bible it's a subject that I love dearly because everything in my life and everything that I've done is because of the anointing it's because of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit that has come upon my life. And so uh, let me read these scriptures to you. And then uh, I'm going to say some things and then we're going to anoint our altar this morning. In First John, you don't have to turn there. Just like you just to open up your spirit. If you want to, you can. But if you can just let your spirit open up this morning. Let the word speak to you. Uh, it, trust me, I'm reading from God's Bible. And so would you just let that uh, touch you this morning. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, you've got to read that scripture in its context. I'm not going to take time to bring out the context of what is taking place here. Except to say that what we are listening to here in John is that we have received an, an anointing. We have received. You have received. Every believer receives an anointing. Every vessel of God receives an anointing. And the Bible says that it abides in you. The Bible says that it teaches you and it guides you in the way that you should go. And that's really an important understanding to have about this anointing, this supernatural um, substance that comes on your life and makes a difference in your life, comes into your life, comes upon your life. And makes, uh, takes what God has created you to be. And you are a created vessel. And when 
every, every person has been created by God and is a wonderful vessel and has, has an amazing abilities. You can build a life with your education. You can build a life with your gifts and with your talents. Why? Because God's made you to be an, an, ama- an amazing vessel. Every person you pass in the street, every person you pass in the mall, everyone in your family has been a created vessel of God. They carry something of God. There's God in them already, even before they might even know they are of God. Because they are a created vessel. But I'm going to talk about an anointed vessel this morning. How to have an anointing. And, 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 and you can say that when you see people do amazing things and achieve amazing goals and destinies. And you, and you think, but they're not Christians and they, uh, they, they don't go to church. Why? It's because they've been created by the Creator. They are amazing vessels. But God is looking for anointed vessels in the season that are going to do uh, His work, His purpose, and they are going to be vessels that anoint other vessels. And so you have received an anointing. And the two scriptures we're going to anoint our altar with this morning, I want to read one to you out of Second. Kings, and this is a story in itself, but I'm just going to pick out one verse here. Second Kings chapter 15, but the Bible says uh, in verses 15, but now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Now this is God's prophet. This is God's man. He's been called by the king of Israel and the king of Judah, and the the enemy is marching up against them in thousands. They're going to wipe out the nation. And uh, the enemy is strong. The enemy is powerful. And uh, when the armies are marching, they're marching in the desert for seven days. They're thirsty. They're dry. And so Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judea, said to the king of Israel, Won't you, what are we going to do here? Everything, everything is drying out here. And so... Um, they say that there is a prophet in the land, and then they call the prophet because they need God's word here. And before Elisha can operate or he chooses to begin to say, I need the atmosphere to change. And he says, bring me a musician and let him play. And when the prophet, when the musician plays... Something changes on the prophet. And he begins to open up a dimension to the kings who are facing real enemies. And he begins to give them a word. And the word was, if you dig these ditches full of holes, if you dig this desert, this dry place full of holes, without wind and without storm clouds, God, and without rain, God's going to fill these ditches with water. And you know the miracle was when the enemy woke up in the morning and looked over the valley and saw the ditches filled with water, they thought that the Israelites had killed one another. And so they came raiding into the camp without preparation, and there was a great slaughter that day, and there was a great victory for Israel and Judah that day. It came out of the word that was given to Elisha from God, 
But before he, before he, he gives them this word, he says, I want you to bring a musician. I want this musician to play. And as the musician plays, you're going to see a great deliverance. You're going to see God do something for you. You know, it doesn't take much to change the atmosphere in a dry place. It doesn't take much to change the atmosphere in a dry place. And he took a skilled musician to bring down rain and presence in God. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. I've still got another scripture to go to. But you understand that God has given you songs of deliverance. He's given you moments of praise. He's given you moments of worship that has broken the yoke and the challenge and the change and the intimidation of an enemy that said, this is as far as you go, or you'll never get past this point, or you'll never see this thing happen in your life. But because of an anointing, a supernatural heavenly substance, when heaven opens and God begins to touch your life with his powerful anointing, and you have had anointings in many ways, but you understand that when you know God has anointed you, you understand that there's something on you that's way, way bigger. I don't even know how to explain it, but it has a heavenly touch on an earthly vessel and it makes this earthly vessel do things that this earthly vessel would never do without that precious anointing on it. And so last scripture. And then I want to say some things about this. Second, um, First Samuel chapter 16. Now this is an interesting passage of scripture. One that I'm meditating in at the moment. I'm going to pick it up from verses. Let's pick it up from verses uh, 10. This is when God tells Samuel to take his. Let me read verses 1 to you. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil. And go, I am sending you to Jesse, Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself, I have seen for myself a king amongst his sons. So he tells the prophet, I want you to go, and I want you to go and anoint this shepherd boy. There's a whole lot in there that we can unpack this morning, that before David killed a giant, God already saw David as the future king of Israel. And so in verses, you know the story. Samuel goes there. They parade. Samuel doesn't know, even though he's God's prophet, that when the eldest son comes there and his head and shoulders just like Saul was, and he was a strapping young man, Samuel said, and it's recorded in the word here, this must be the one that God is going to anoint king over Israel. And God has to speak to Samuel in the middle of that 
anointing move of God on Samuel's life and say to him, that's not the one I'm looking for. You look on the outward appearance, Samuel, but I'm looking at the heart of an individual. And so seven sons are brought before him. <coughs> David is not even in the meeting. And so uh, Samuel asks David, David, uh, so, sorry, Samuel asks Jesse, Jesse, do you have another son? He says, yeah, yeah, there's another one, but he's working right now. He's, looking, he's my youngest, and he's looking after the sheep. And so uh, Samuel says, well, you've got to get him. And when he comes in, God tells Samuel, that's the one. I want you to take your horn of oil. I want you to pour it on him because I am anointing him as king. And so as we pick this up in verses 10, the Bible says, Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the young men? Are these all your sons? Are, are these all the young men? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he went and brought him. Now he was ruddy and bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, uh, that's not why God, I mean, that's not why David, just because he had uh, nice features and he could have been in a modeling uh, uh, job. That's not why the Lord anointed David. The Lord anointed David because of David's heart and because of something that, I'm, uh, that I see in David's life as well as we read on. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I love that line. I love that phrase. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now I'm going to read these next few verses and... It might throw up some questions to you, and if it does, ask Pastor Sheldon what that means. But I want to get to what you know I'm going to this morning. And the Bible says, and verses 15, and Saul's servants, uh, verses 14, and the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That's, that's not a good day. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp, and it shall be that and it shall be that he will play it with his hand. And when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can pl play well and bring him to me. The next verse is astounding. This is a meeting in the courts of Saul, the king of Israel. He's meeting with his top advisors. He's, he's, they can see that since this incident on Saul's life and 
The pressure that was on Saul for overseeing and governing. Now Saul governed over Israel 42 years. That was his whole allotment. But part of that season of Saul governing over Israel, he did it without that anointing upon his life. And that, that pressure and that distressing spirit was coming upon Saul. And so his advisors begin to say to him, and there is knowledge here. There's insight here. There's wisdom here. Because they could say, what, what's distressing you? Well, we, the housing of the people or the feeding of the people, or the enemy that's coming against us. And they could begin to give him ideas on how to fix those issues. But that distress was deep in his soul. It was deep. It, it, it wasn't so much the problems that were in a nation, or the enemies that they were facing, but it was a deep depression or deep stress that was getting down on the inside of Saul. And the knowledge that is had here is that his advisors standing around him begin to say to him, what you need, Saul, is somebody who is anointed to play music. And when the music plays, whatever is distressing you is going to be broken. It's going to shake under the power of God. It's not going to remain with you. It's not going to stay with you. And Saul says, find the man. Now this is astounding. Verses 18. Then one of the servants, then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I've seen a son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor. A man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me, your, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread, skin, and wine, and a young goat, and sent them to buy his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Then Saul sent Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And, it was, and so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. So, any questions about that? Ask uh, Sheldon. I'm just going to make the point. <laughs> Look, this thing called the anointing is a precious outpouring of God. I remember the very first moment, the very first time the anointing touched my life and filled my life. It was an encounter. It was an encounter on a 16-year-old boy that was looking for direction in his life. And I've shared some of my testimony here with you. And God encountered me in a service. 
And I came to the front, and that was an amazing day of salvation in my life. And a, a man that had visited our church last year, who has since passed away, Peter, I think I shared the story with you. One morning, 6 o'clock, he showed up at my house and brought a vase of oil. And I was basically still sleeping. He knocked on the door. My mother opened the door, and then he came into my bedroom. I was waking up while he was standing there on my bed. He had a box of books, and he had this oil. And, yeah, I think that's weird. And then he said to me, he said some words to me. Then he said, and then began to speak to me about a future as a pastor. And then he anointed my head with oil, and he was done. And then he took out one of the books, and he said, start with this one first. And then he just walked out, and his assignment was done. But I tell you, that impacted me deep into my spirit. The rest is history. 27 years pastoring, and then before that, pastoring in Katanning as a youth pastor, and then pastoring two years in Kelmscott as we raised up a little church there, and then from that church went to South Africa. And uh, everything that God did and the fruit of the ministry was because of the anointing of God. And in 1996, I remember reading the story of the widow whose two sons were going to be taken and her husband worked for the prophet and she comes to the prophet and she says, you know, the creditor is coming to take my two sons from you, from me, and there's no money to pray the creditor and so my two sons are going to be lost. And he tells her, go and borrow empty vessels. When you borrow these empty vessels, come in. And says, what do you have in the house? She says, I just have a small jar of oil. I just have this little jar of oil. And says, when you come into the house, shut the door. Go borrow vessels from everywhere. Borrow empty vessels. And when you bring those vessels in and you shut the door, I'm going to anoint the oil that you have in your little jar. And that little oil in your jar is going to begin to pour into every other empty vessel. I remember reading that and preached several sermons already from that. But in 1996, as I had an understanding of the anointing, I knew what the anointing was. I was growing in aspects of the anointing. But in 1996, while sitting down, pondering over the scripture, preparing a sermon, the Spirit of the Lord out of this passage of scripture of the, of the empty vessels, the Spirit of the Lord spoke a direct word into my spirit. And this probably was the longest sermon title that I've ever had in my whole life as a sermon title. And it was that the anointing, the anointing, anoints the anointing so that the anointing can anoint that which needs to be anointed. <laughs> I'll give it to you one more time. It's the anointing that anoints the anointing, so that the anointing can anoint that which needs to be anointed. Okay, Sam's looking confused. I'm going to give it to you one more time. It is the anointing that anoints the anointing, so that the anointing 
can anoint that which needs to be anointed. There's a whole lot of anointing going on there. But I saw it so clearly. I remember getting up from my desk, walking in my office. I said, that's what it's been. This is what it's been. This is what it's been. From 1996, things began to explode. Our, our ministry doubled. We planted a whole lot of churches. And we've seen a whole lot of breakthroughs. And of course, we saw a whole lot of challenges. And we saw some losses. But we saw God do some amazing things. But when I saw that, that day reading that passage of Scripture... I understood about the power of the anointing and the power of God's oil. And when, when that anointing, the Christ, the Christ's anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, this anointing that, that, that touches our lives, this oil. And, and if you go right throughout the Bible, there's not one person, not one man, not one lady in the Bible that did God's work without God empowering them, without God anointing them. You can't do this work without God's filling or without God's touch or without God's spirit or without the oil of God upon your life. You can't do it. When that anointing gets on you, and I saw it, how that to a 16-year-old boy, God came and that anointing came. If, you, if, if we took this as the anointing, the Christ anointing, and here was a vessel already anointed, Calvin. He was already anointed and, and he had some oil on the inside of him. But it's when that anointing anoints this anointing. So that this anointing that God has placed on this life can begin to anoint everything in his world that needs to be anointed. And I'm talking about people that were facing challenges. You've heard about the gang stories. You heard about how God used me and I've seen Muslims come to Christ and so forth. And that doesn't happen because, because I'm a good person and I've studied and maybe I've done some things. No, it doesn't happen just because you're mad. It happens because of the anointing of God upon your life. Many of you have paid a great price for the anointing. Many of you have been loyal and faithful and the anointing of God. And the enemy, let me tell you, the enemy comes after the anointing. And there's a believer's anointing. There's a ministerial anointing. When God anoints the gifts and the graces that are upon your life and he anoints you as a minister, not just for church, you receive a ministerial anointing you are a minister in the marketplace. And then there's a corporate anointing where God puts an anointing on a congregation. And on that congregation, uh, you see God do amazing things through the corporate anointing. One can put a thousand to flight. But when a group comes together, two can put 10,000 to flight. 10,000 under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, touched by God. The unity can cause another type of anointing. The anointing that was on our house, it was an anointing. I gave it as a statement in our early days, but it grew into a phenomenal anointing. And it was there, it was present, whether I preached on it or not, was that God would mend people, God would train people, and God would release people. 
It was just there. People would come in, get well. From every kind of background, they would begin to be mended. And they were being trained while they were being mended. And I couldn't wait for the day to release them in-house, in their gifts, in their ministries, or release them out of the church to go and be a, a part of a church plant. The work of God grew and multiplied. That was something that was on our life as a corporate church, as a corporate mission. I'm excited to hear as Sheldon begins, Pastor Sheldon begins to preach what God is, gonna, what God is busy doing and what God is busy placing Upon our ministry. And the anointing, the anointing, the anointing can be measured or can be, can be, can be. Look, if you're anointed, the fruits of that anointing will manifest itself. That's how it will work. The way you measure the anointing in yourself is that faith is proportionate to the anointing that is upon your life. So you have a faith to be saved, but then God begins to give you faith targets, scriptures in your heart about your destiny, about your purpose. When you begin to, begin to shoot for those faith targets, the anointing increases upon your life. Grace the grace of God, the bent that you have in the Spirit. There are people who have gifts of help. There are people who have gifts of mercy. There are people who have gifts of love and they do amazing things for God. That's a grace. And you can measure your anointing by that. And you can measure the anointing by the glory of the Lord that is on your life, the presence of God that is on your life, the person of God, the character of God that is on your life, the faith. Faith comes because you have a relationship with His Word. Grace comes because you're giving yourself to serving and giving to God. Glory comes because you spend time in worship and surrender to God. And that's where I want to end on on these two scriptures right here. Because if there's something that I want to anoint this morning, is I want to anoint and refresh your soul based on the worship and the songs of deliverance and the songs of worship and the touch of God that is on your life concerning when God brings music and worship into your world there are dimensions of impartation that comes to you in those moments that might not come to you in a moment of fellowship, might not come to you in a moment of preaching, but comes to you in a moment when there is an anointed gathering of singing. And I see a day. And I feel like I, I, I'm reaching into an ancient path over this house. An ancient path of worship and praise. I remember coming to a conference here where Pastor Rod had a worship conference and he brought, brought the guitarist Ryan from Oxford Falls. And I know what was in Pastor Rod's heart then just by viewing what he would spend money for to bring here, which was be to worship. And the attack that was on the house that would be a prophetic voice into a city called Joondalup 
and to a city called Perth and maybe into cities around the world. And the enemy is saying that if I tie this up, if I, if I, if I, if I strangle this, then it's going to be anointed, but it's not going to have that breakthrough. And there is a song of deliverance, like Moses wrote a song of deliverance when they crossed the Red Sea and came out from underneath the crushing hand of Pharaoh. And Moses wrote a song of deliverance and a mighty song of deliverance that came. And I came with a simple assignment. I said some things about the anointing this morning, but I really came with one assignment this morning. And that is to anoint the altar. And to break everything that the enemy has done to strangle the song. We love, we love what our pastor's doing. We love the, the fact that he's standing up and others are going to join him. But I want to anoint the altar today. And I want to bring heaven's attention to the anointing that's been on this house. That has been challenged because it's been on this house. But it's coming back to this house tenfold stronger in Jesus' name. Be a great day just to see you sitting in your seat waiting to preach, Sheldon. Instead of standing up here playing and coming down. We understand these are beginning days. But more than that, God's going to raise up a song of deliverance out of this house. Mark my words. Mark my words. That, and not too long from now. Not too long from now. You know, <clears throat> I anointed some people. I, we've anointed a lot of people, and I would anoint. I'm sure you, Pastor Rod told you the stories. When I anoint, they would bring plastic sheets, and I would pour at least a liter on somebody of oil. Go home and have eye burn for weeks. And I'd, they'd sit in my office before we anoint and I say to them, you're not going to wear the clothes again that you ever, because the anointing will mark you, even though that was physical and people laughed at it, I understood. That thing in 1996, the Lord showed me, and I just shared a little bit with you, but when His anointing anoints your life to anoint somebody else's life, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. When chains are broken, when bodies are healed, when blind eyes are opened, when cripples get out of wheelchairs, when the distressed is healed without going for professional counseling, nothing wrong with that, but the anointing breaks yokes. The anointing opens up pathways for young people and for young relationships. There is a power called the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there is a place between the word and the worship. The skillful playing of David with the harp. David, before his sling, was anointed because of his harp. And his harp got God's attention. It was the harp that got God's attention to say, that's a boy after my own heart. 
And David was anointed because of that. And so I'm simply going to anoint this altar here. If you would stand with me this morning as I get ready to hand over to Sheldon. Yeah, just let that music play. when that worship is playing in your closet you're driving in the car and a song comes on that begins to grip your heart grip your spirit you begin to see into the beauty of holiness the veil is taken away you have moments of encounter moments of connection I know we have a daily relationship with the Lord, but there are anointed moments with God. As I anoint this altar this morning, the Bible says that when Jacob came to that place, Bethel, he was running away at that stage. The Bible says that he put up the stone. That's the first time the word anointing is used in the Bible. And he anointed the stone that day. That's where he had the dream of the ladder coming to heaven and heaven and saying, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is precious oil that I'm simply just going to touch this altar with this morning. But as I anoint this altar this morning, it's a sign that God wants to anoint your life as his altar. His anointing. The anointing flows onto your life from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. It's a substance that comes from heaven. It's when heaven opens your life and the dove descends out of heaven and anoints your life just like it anointed the Son of God, Jesus, and He became the Christ, the anointed one. He went about preaching the gospel to the poor, healing Setting the oppressed free. Let the anointing continue to anoint your life. I speak to every dry thing in your world today. I'm speaking over my life today. Let his anointing just flood over your spirit. I am in in a contention right now in my world have been for the last two years just about his anointing being over my life and on my life so today in Jesus name I anoint this altar and as I anoint this altar Father I know the connection between the heavens that need to open over this house Heavens that will open over this house with deliverance and with freedom and with salvation and with discipleship and with those following hungry after you. I see 
the song of deliverance, the skillful players that will raise up worship in this house in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. 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 If I could just have you lift your hands with me as we pray for this house. And as you pray for this house, I believe God's touching your life and touching your world and anointing your world. Would you just take a moment with me as we contend for this this morning, as we just begin to believe God and call those things that are not as though they were. We see the skillful musicians coming, Father. Men and women, Lord, that will open up their hearts, not just because of their gift or their talent, but will begin to serve you with playing music and playing the songs of deliverance and the songs that will get people beyond the veil to come into a place of being touched and being connected by uh, being touched and being connected to the anointing and connected to destiny and connected to purpose in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus and so I thank you Father that as the heavens begin to open over this house and over this altar in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you will just begin to pour out your spirit upon this house in a special and powerful way as we come into a month of vision, as we come into a month, Lord, where you have placed a word on Pastor Sheldon's heart, Lord, to begin to say, God is setting out a vision, a direction, a target. This is the place you're going to play, Father. And as we come into a season, as that word anoints us, and as we come into a season where that word engages us, Lord, that we would begin to see, Lord, a, a, a bursting forth, an overflow in the name of Jesus. And so I lift up my voice as I have anointed the altar, as I felt like that was the only thing that you asked me to do this morning, Lord. I call them from the north, the south, the east and the west. And I command them to come in the name of Jesus. And they will come with submissive spirits. will come with loyal hearts. will serve in the spirit of humility and serve with the anointing of God upon their lives. In the name of Jesus, and it shall be so, it shall be so, it shall be so, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Now, just before I hand back to Sheldon, I was talking to a pastor this week. talking about something I was sharing with him what's on my heart to share over this congregation and I said you know I feel like I just have one assignment and that is just to anoint the worship of the house so I just I feel like I'm going to go and do that and I I kept on talking and I heard myself say this to him I was talking so I, I said you know if I could tell myself this 30 years ago, if I could talk to me 30 years ago or 
or 25 years ago, I would tell Kelvin 25 years ago, I would say to him, plant more seeds. No, Sheldon, I believe that God's going to raise up our children to be great musicians in the house. We're going to watch God do this thing in Jesus' name. So a special blessing of our children to become great musicians in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Calvin. What a great word. I'm so excited for what God is going to do in your life uh, this week and this year. So I began to feel my faith begin to rise a little bit as I was listening to those words. Uh, and I, my encouragement would be for you, take that faith, that momentum that you're feeling now and run with it. Just run with it this week. God's going to open doors for you. God's going to make a way for you. God is with you in Jesus' name. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And if you'd like prayer for anything at all, if you're facing a circumstance, you need a miracle, you just want somebody to gather around you, why don't you come to the front after we release? We're going to release now, have a coffee and chips, and I'd love to pray with you. So God bless you. See you next week. Okay.